Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're trying to keep the vibration going, trying to purify the ether as much as we can. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram, and this is the auspicious day of the appearance of Lord Nishingadev, Nishinga Chaturdasi. So we hope you are all having a wonderful time. I read today with Abhai Das Brahmachari and also Radharaman uh, the appearance of Lord Nishingadev and uh, a part of uh, Prahlad's prayers to Lord Nishingadev. Uh, Srila Prabhupada used these verses of Prahlad Maharaja's teachings and prayers to Lord Nishingadev, preachings to his classmates and prayers to Lord Nishingadev. He uses these verses more than any other verses in the Bhagavatam. He used to say that he's in the mood of Prahlad because he came to a whole world of uh, uh, fallen people. You know, and as Prahlad was preaching to the sons of demons, so we're sons of demons, and he came and preached to us and made us devotees and spread the movement all around the world. So, all glories to Lord Nishingadev for saving Sri Prahlad Maharaj, and all glories to Prahlad Maharaj for bringing Lord Nishingadev into the world. So Sanatana Goswami glorified the Srimad Bhagavatam in which Lord Nishingadev's pastimes in the seventh canto were elaborately described. Srimad Bhagavatam Mihima Stotram It goes like this Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O Nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwandodita Ditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshak Shadhayate, Sarvadasa Vasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of Prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Made Gabando Matsangin, Mad Guru Man Mahadana, Manistadagamad Bhagya, Mad Anandaramastute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. 
Sadhu Sadhuta Dayin Ajini Chochatakada Hanamun Chagadachin Mam Premnarit Kantayokspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we've reached the fourth chapter. Of third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Vidura is about to meet Maitreya after being advised by Uddhava that he should take uh, instructions and, and initiation from Maitreya, at least instructions. We're starting at text 32. <clears throat> Shukadev Goswami informed the king that Uddhava, being thus instructed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the source of all Vedic knowledge and the spiritual master of the three worlds, reached the pilgrimage site of Badrik Ashram and engaged himself there in trance to satisfy the Lord. Purport Lord Sri Krishna is factually the spiritual master of the three worlds and he is the original source of all Vedic knowledge. It is very difficult, however, to understand the personal feature of the Absolute Truth, even from the Vedas. His personal instructions are needed in order to understand the Personality of Godhead as the Supreme Absolute Truth. The Bhagavad Gita is the evidence of such transcendental knowledge in gist. One cannot know the Supreme Lord unless one is graced by the Lord Himself. Lord Krishna exhibited this specific mercy towards Arjuna and Uddhava while he was in the material world. Undoubtedly, the Bhagavad Gita was spoken by the Lord on the battlefield of Kurukshetra just to encourage Arjuna to fight and yet to complete the transcendental knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita the Lord instructed Uddhava that's called the Uddhava Gita it's in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam the Lord the Lord wanted Uddhava to fulfill the Lord's mission and disseminate knowledge which he had not spoken even in the Bhagavad Gita Persons who are attached to the words of the Vedas may also know from this verse that the Lord is the source of all Vedic knowledge. One who is unable to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead by going through the pages of the Vedas may take shelter of one of the Lord's devotees, such as Uddhava, in order to advance further in knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Brahma Sangita says that it is very difficult to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead 
from the Vedas, but that he is easily understood from a pure devotee like Uddhava. The Lord taking mercy on the great sages who, live at Badrik, who lived at Badrikashram authorized Uddhava to speak on his behalf. Unless one has such authorization, one cannot understand or preach the devotional service of the Lord. While present on this earth, the Lord executed many uncommon activities, even traveling in space to bring down the Parijata from heaven and recovering the son of his teacher, Sandipani Muni, from the regions of death. Uddhava was in certainly informed of the conditions of life on other planets, and all the sages were anxious to know of them, just as we are anxious to know about the planets in space. Uddhava was particularly deputed to carry messages to Badrikashram, not only to the sages of that place of pilgrimage, but also to the Narayan deities. Such messages must have been more confidential than the knowledge described in the pages of the Vedas. The Lord is undoubtedly the source of all knowledge, and the messages dispatched through Uddhava to, to Narayana and other sages were also part of the Vedic knowledge, and those messages were more confidential and could be sent and understood only through such a pure devotee as Uddhava. Since such confidential knowledge was known only to the Lord and Uddhava, it is said that Uddhava was as good as the Lord himself. Every living entity can, like Uddhava, <coughs> excuse me, also become a confidential messenger on the same level as the Lord, provided he becomes confidential himself by dint of loving devotional service. The Bhagavad Gita confirms that such confidential knowledge is entrusted only to pure devotees like Uddhava and Arjuna, and that one has to learn the mystery through them and not otherwise. One cannot understand the Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam without the help of such confidential devotees of the Lord. According to Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, those confidential messages must have concerned the mystery of the Lord's departure and the annihilation of his dynasty after, after the end of his appearance in the mundane world for 100 years. Everyone must have been very anxious to know about the mystery of the annihilation of the other dynasty and that message must have been explained by the Lord to Uddhava and dispatched to Badrikashram for the information of Nara Narayana and other pure devotees of the Lord. Text 33 Vidura also heard from Uddhava about the appearance and disappearance of Lord Krishna, the Supersoul in the mortal world, which is a subject matter sought after with great perseverance by the great sages. Purport The subject matter 
of the appearance and disappearance of the Supersoul, Lord Sri Krishna, is a mystery even for the great sages. The word Paramatmana is significant in this verse. An ordinary living being is generally called the Atma, but Lord Krishna is never an ordinary living being because he is the Paramatma, the Supersoul. Yet his appearance as one of the human beings and his disappearance again from the mortal world are subject matters for the research workers who execute research work with great perseverance. Such subject matters are certainly of increasing interest because the researchers have to search out the transcendental abode of the Lord, which he enters after finishing his pastimes in the mortal world. But even the great sages have no information that beyond the material sky is the spiritual sky, where Sri Krishna eternally resides with his associates, although at the same time he exhibits his pastimes in the mortal world in all the universes, one after the other, one after another. This fact is confirmed in the Brahma Sangita 537. The Lord, by his inconceivable potency, resides in his eternal abode, Goloka. Yet at the same time, as the Supersoul, he is present everywhere, in both the spiritual and material skies, by his multi-varieties of manifestation. Therefore his appearance and disappearance are simultaneously going on, and no one can say definitely which of them is the beginning and which is the end. His eternal pastimes have no beginning or end, and one has to learn of them from the pure devotee only and not waste valuable time in so-called research work. Text 34 The Lord's glorious acts and His acceptance of various transcendental forms for the performance of extraordinary pastimes in the mortal world are very difficult for any, uh, anyone other than His devotees to understand. And for the beasts, they are simply a mental disturbance. <laughs> Purport. The transcendental forms and pastimes of the Lord as described in the Bhagavad Gita are difficult subject matters for those who are not devotees to understand. The Lord never reveals Himself to persons like the jnanis and yogis and there are others who, because of their envying the Lord from the bottom of their hearts, are classified amongst the beasts. And for such envious beasts, the subject matter of the Lord's appearance and disappearance is simply a mental disturbance. As confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 7.15, the miscreants, who are simply concerned with material enjoyment, who work very hard, <coughs> hard <coughs> like beasts of burden, can hardly know the personality of Godhead at any stage 
due to Asurika Baba, or a spirit of revolt against the Supreme Lord. The transcendental bodily expansions manifested by the Lord for His pastimes in the mortal world and the appearance and disappearance of such transcendental expansions are difficult subject matters and those who are not devotees are advised not to discuss the Lord's appearance and disappearance lest they commit further offenses at the lotus feet of the Lord. The more they discuss the transcendental appearance and disappearance of the Lord in the Asuric spirit, the more they enter into the darkest region of hell, as stated in the Bhagavad Gita 16.20. Anyone who is against the transcendental loving service of the Lord is more or less a beastly creature, as confirmed in this verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 35 Understanding that he was remembered by Lord Krishna while quitting the world, Vidura began to cry loudly, overwhelmed by the ecstasy of love. Purport Vidura was overwhelmed by the ecstasy of love when he understood that Lord Krishna the Supreme Personality of Godhead, thought of him at the last moment. Although Vidura thought of himself as insignificant, he was, he was remembered by the Lord by his causeless mercy. Vidura accepted this as a great favor, and thus he cried. This crying is the last word in the progressive path of devotional service. One who can cry for the Lord in love is certainly successful in the line of devotional service. Text 36 After passing a few days on the bank of the river Yamuna, Vidura the self-realized soul reached the bank of the Ganges where the great sage Maitreya was situated. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth chapter, third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled Vidura Approaches Maitreya. So all glories to Uddhava, the one of the greatest devotees of the Lord. All glories to Vidura, who, who was thought of by the Lord at the last moment before he disappeared. And all glories to Maitreya, who sat there and heard the instructions to Uddhava and became a pure devotee of the Lord in that way. Hare Krishna. All right. We're on to chapter 5. Vidura's Talks with Maitreya. Text 1. Shukadev Goswami said, Vidura, the best amongst the Kuru dynasty, who was perfect in devotional service to the Lord, thus reached the source of the celestial Ganges River, Hardwar, where Maitreya, the great fathomless learned sage of the world, was seated. 
Vidura, who was perfect in gentleness and satisfied in transcendence, inquired from him. Purport Vidura was already perfect due to his unalloyed devotion to the infallible Lord. The Lord and the living entities are all qualitatively the same by nature, but the Lord is quantitatively much greater than any individual living entity. He is ever infallible, whereas the living entities are prone to fall under the illusory energy. Vidura had already surpassed the fallible nature of the living entity in conditional life due to his being a bhava, or legitimately absorbed in the devotional service of the Lord. This stage of life is called bhava siddha or perfection by dint of devotional service. Anyone, therefore, who is absorbed in the devotional service of the Lord is a liberated soul and has admirable qualities. The learned sage Maitreya was sitting in a solitary place on the bank of the Ganges at Hardwar, and Vidura, who was a perfect devotee of the Lord and possessed all good transcendental qualities, approached him for inquiry. Text 2 Vidura said, O great sage, everyone in this world engages in fruitive activities to attain happiness, but one finds neither satiation nor the mitigation of distress. On the contrary, one is only aggravated by such activities. Please, therefore, give us directions on how one should live for, great, for real happiness. Purport Vidura asked Maitreya some common questions which Vidura did not originally intend to ask. Uddhava asked Vidura let me, let me read that again. Vidura asked Maitreya some common questions which Vidura did not originally intend to ask. Uddhava asked Vidura to approach Maitreya Muni and inquire into all the truths concerning the Lord, his name, fame, qualities, form, pastimes, entourage, and so on. And thus, when, when Vidura approached Maitreya, he should have asked only about the Lord. But out of natural humility, he did not immediately ask about the Lord, but inquired into a subject which would be of great importance to the common man. A common man cannot understand the Lord. He must first know the real position of his life under the influence of the illusory energy. In illusion, one thinks that he can be happy only by fruitive activities, but what actually happens is that one becomes more and more entangled in the network of action and reaction and does not find any solution to the problem of life. There is a nice song in this connection. Because of a great desire to have all happiness in life, I built this house, but unfortunately the whole scheme has turned to ashes because the house was unexpectedly set on fire. <laughs> 
The law of nature is like that. Everyone tries to become happy by planning in the material world. But the law of nature is so cruel that it sets fire to one's schemes. <laughs> the fruitive worker is not happy in his schemes, nor is there any satiation of his continuous hankering for happiness. Text 3 O oh my Lord, great philanthropic souls travel on the earth on behalf of the Supreme Personality of Godhead to show compassion to the fallen souls who are averse to the sense of subordination to the Lord. Purport To be obedient to the wishes of the Supreme Lord is the natural position of every living entity. But due only to past misdeeds, a living being becomes averse to the sense of subordination to the Lord and suffers all the miseries of material existence. No one has anything to do but render devotional service to the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. Therefore, any activity other than transcendental loving service to the Lord is more or less a rebellious action against the Supreme Will. All fruitive activity, empirical philosophy, and mysticism are more or less against the sense of subordination to the Lord and any living entity engaged in such rebellious activity is more or less condemned by the laws of material nature which work under the subordination of the Lord. Great unalloyed devotees of the Lord are compassionate towards the fallen souls and therefore they travel all over the world with the mission of bringing them back to Godhead, back to home. Such pure devotees of the Lord carry the message of Godhead in order to deliver the fallen souls and therefore the common man who is bewildered by the influence of the external energy of the Lord should avail himself of their association. Text 4 Therefore, O great sage, please give me instruction on the transcendental devotional service of the Lord, so that he who is situated in the heart of everyone will be pleased to impart from within knowledge of the absolute truth in terms of the ancient Vedic principles delivered only to those who are purified by the process of devotional service. Purport. As already explained in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the Absolute Truth is realized in three different phases, although they are one and the same in terms of the knower's capacity to understand. 
The most capable transcendentalist is the Lord's pure devotee, who is without any tinge of fruitive actions or philosophical speculation. Only by devotional service does one's heart become completely purified from all material coverings like karma, jnana, and yoga. Only to a devotee in such a purified stage does the Lord, who is seated in everyone's heart with the individual soul, give instruction so that the devotee can reach the ultimate destination of going back home, back to Godhead. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 10.10 Tesham Satatidyuktanam Bhajatam Priti Purvakam Dami Buddhi Yogam Tam Yenamam Upayantite. Only when the Lord is satisfied with the devotional service of the devotee does he impart knowledge, as he did for Arjuna and Uddhava. The jnanis, yogis, and karmis cannot expect this direct cooperation of the Lord. They are not able to satisfy the Lord by transcendental loving service, nor do they believe in such service to the Lord. The bhakti process, as performed under the regulated principles of vaidhi bhakti, or devotional service following the prescribed rules and regulations, is defined by the revealed scriptures and confirmed by great acharyas. This practice can help the neophyte devotee to rise to the stage of Raga Bhakti, in which the Lord responds from within as the Chaitya Guru or the spiritual master as superconsciousness. All transcendentalists other than devotees make no distinction between the individual soul and the super soul because they miscalculate the superconsciousness and the individual consciousness to be one and the same. Such miscalculation by the non-devotees makes them unfit to receive any direction from within and therefore they are bereft of the direct cooperation of the Lord. After many, many births, when such a non-dualist comes to understand that the Lord is worshipable and that the devotee is simultaneously one with and different from the Lord. Only then can he surrender unto the Lord, Vasudev, Vasudev. Pure devotional service begins from that point. The process of understanding the absolute truth adopted by the misguided non-dualist is very difficult, whereas the devotee's way of understanding the absolute truth comes directly from the Lord who is pleased by devotional service. On behalf of many neophyte devotees, Vidura, at the very first instance, inquired from Maitreya about the path of devotional service by which the Lord, who is seated within the heart, can be pleased. Text 5 O great sage, Kindly narrate how the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the independent, desireless Lord of the three worlds, 
and the controller of all energies accepts incarnations and creates the cosmic manifestation with perfectly arranged regulated principles for its maintenance. Purport Lord Krishna is the original personality of Godhead from whom the three creative incarnations namely the Purusha avatars Karn and Arnavashayi Vishnu Garbhotakashayi Vishnu and Chiro Takashayi Vishnu expand. The whole material creation is conducted by the three Purushas in successive stages under the external energy of the Lord and thus material nature is controlled by Him. Thinking material nature to be independent is like seeking milk from the nipple-like bags on the neck of a goat. The Lord is independent and desireless. He does not create the material world for His own satisfaction as we create our household affairs to fulfill our material desires. Actually, the material world is created for the illusory enjoyment of the conditioned souls who have been against the transcendental service of the Lord since time immemorial. But the material universes are full in themselves. There is no scarcity for maintenance in the material world. Because of their poor fund of knowledge, the materialists are disturbed when there is an apparent increase of population on the earth. Whenever there is a living being on the earth, however, his subsistence is immediately arranged by the Lord. The other, the other species of living entities who far outnumber human society are never disturbed for maintenance. They are never seen dying of starvation. It is only human society that is disturbed about the food situation and to cover up the real fact of administrative mismanagement take shelter in the plea that the population is excessively increasing. Is there any scarcity in the world? If there is any scarcity in the world, it is the scarcity of God consciousness. Otherwise, by the grace of the Lord, there is no scarcity of anything. Okay, it is 8 o'clock and we're going to stop here. We'll take it up tomorrow at Tech 6. And here we are, waiting on pins and needles for the reflections of the devotees who, are, who have just heard the reading. Anything that stood out in their minds that they'd like to hear more about or discuss about, please be our guest. Hari Bo Gopakanya Devidasi Hari Krishna Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages. 
happiness sing out your tortoise to everyone. Jai Haribo. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Ki jai. jai. And from Rati Mandrai. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. Coming late tonight because of the Nishingadev program, but feeling grateful to have the shelter of your daily readings. Thank you very much. I don't understand how you can compare the two, but still, it's true. I cannot, I cannot uh, reject the idea. So, Hare Krishna, thank you very much. This is from Bhakta Christopher. Yes, Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj and assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to His Divine Grace, Bhakti Christopher. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna. Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Subarav Rajagopal. Yes, Subarav Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you very much. Thank you for your daily reading service. Thank you for your attending so regularly and in helping to support us. Thank you. Hare Krishna Hare Krishna And this is from Subaru. Jai Subarao. In the purport 3.4.34, the transcendental forms and pastimes of the Lord, as described in Bhagavad Gita, are difficult subject matters for those who are not devotees to understand. Unquote. Absolutely. That's how come there's so few of us. As long as someone is a non-devotee and is trying to make a permanent settlement here in this material world, it's very difficult for him to hear about these. Well, I think what was mentioned more specifically in either that purport or one of the purports close to those verses was that the appearance and disappearance of the Lord is extremely hard to understand. And then that brought my mind to this verse, Janma Karma Chame Divyam. Um, where is that verse? 
Yes, janma karma chame divyam evam yo beti tatpadaha. Anyone who understands the appearance and activities of the Lord properly, in truth, he doesn't have to take birth in this material world again. So it sounds easy, but what Prabhupada is elaborating on in, in, in these verses that you've quoted is that it's not easy unless one is a devotee. Hare Krishna. He says it is difficult for me as well to comprehend many times. How do I make progress? Well, if you have a doubt about it, then you inquire and you keep inquiring until you get it. That's the process. Regular hearing and chanting of the Bhagavatam in the association of the devotees and that's why personally I have surrendered to this process of reading Prabhupada's books cover to cover every night with reflections so the devotees have a chance to discuss and yeah, clear their doubts. In the third, end of the third, end of the fourth chapter, it's described uh, how to conquer the intense material desires that are awakened when the soul comes to the material world. And it talks about um, slashing, I think the word is used, slashing, the doubts with transcendental knowledge. The doubts have to be cut through transcendental knowledge. Not that you, you can't, you know, cut, <laughs> exactly cut it, something subtle like that, a doubt. But it can be dissolved by the assimilation of transcendental knowledge. And that, that knowledge is assimilated over time by using the knowledge to as a, how do we say, I, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, weaponizing the knowledge against the mind. Because the mind is always flickering and it's always telling us to do one thing and then it rejects the very next moment, it, it rejects the very same thing and then it'll go back and accept the very same thing again. And that's the nature of the mind in this material world. It's flickering. And Arjuna said it's like more difficult than to control the wind. And Krishna agreed. He actually used the word dur, uh, meaning even more difficult. Uh, he used the prefix dur uh, in, in that verse. Yes, Arjuna, it is very difficult. But it is possible by uh, proper engagement and detachment, proper practice and detachment. So we can't expect to know everything and to be aloof 
from the material world immediately. We've been in this material world for a very long time and it takes time and it takes cons consistent effort, uh, strenuous effort actually, over a long period of time to become actually free. But the way to do it is to read these books again and again and again and keep trying to understand and keep trying to understand and inquire so that in, in, in time your what to ask will be more precise and more to the point and get the job done. In, in the verse uh, in Bhagavad Gita, the famous verse, let's try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master, acquire for him submissively and render service. Self-realized soul can give you knowledge because he has seen the truth. And in that purport, Srila Prabhupada describes inquiries and submission constitute the proper combination for spiritual understanding. Unless there is submission and service, inquiries from the learned spiritual master will not be effective. One must be able to pass the test of the spiritual master and when he sees the genuine des desire of the disciple, he automatically blesses the disciple with genuine spiritual understanding. In this verse, both blind following and absurd inquiries are condemned. Not only should one hear submissively from the spiritual master, but one must also get a clear understanding from him in submission and service and inquiries. That is the answer. So what does it mean one must get also a clear understanding from him? It means that if he says something that you don't understand, you inquire. And after he gives you the answer, if you still don't understand, you inquire again. And you keep doing that until nothing in the book gets by you that you don't understand and what that does is it pulls it all together and you make connections and then you can actually uh, assimilate you can use the knowledge as Krishna says in the last verse of the fourth chapter Therefore, the doubts which have arisen in your heart out of ignorance should be slashed by the weapon of knowledge armed with yoga, O Bharat, stand and fight.
So the first thing that one has to understand is that he is suffering in this material world because most people don't think they are. Most people think they're happy. Even if on a daily basis, they're suffering so many problems, diseases and debt and political upheaval and war now. First things first, know what the problem is. Know that the soul is transcendental to the body, that the soul doesn't change. The changes that we see going on are the material energy, the modes of nature shifting. It has nothing to do with the soul. So by practice, by diligent and consistent practice over time, one gradually comes to the point of realization and assimilation of the knowledge. And then you can see it for yourself. This is not book knowledge. It is the application. It's a spiritual science. The book is the textbook. The spiritual master is the professor. The, the devotees who are following and who understand, they are the uh, peer group. And in that way, we go forward in spiritual science, just like you go forward in any science. But the difference is that this spiritual science is subtle, so subtle that you can't see uh, with your microscope, your telescope, or the, or the material senses heart has to be purified. The heart is purified by the offenseless chanting of the holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. But that chanting must be offenseless. You know, the chanting is powerful and it should be continued even if you do commit offenses. Namaparada yukta nam nama meva yagam maham. The chanting of the holy name of the Lord is for those who offend, because if you keep chanting and don't stop chanting, the heart will be clean and the offenses will go, and then you will see for yourself. You will perceive the difference between this, this yourself and the mind and the intelligence. And then you can use those tools to uh, extricate yourself from material thoughts and material attachments. In the beginning, the creeper of devotion and the root and the weeds that are surrounding it, they look very similar. And therefore it requires expert guidance to be able to see the difference and take out the weeds and leave the creeper. Because <laughs> if you don't take out the weeds and you keep pouring water on the creeper, some of that water goes to the weeds. If you don't pull out the weeds, it's just like in a regular garden. Then the, the, the weeds take the water and the plant dies.
Luckily for us, Krishna has arranged it in such a way that whatever we advance, whatever we learn, whatever we advance, whatever we apply, is ours forever. It's like a permanent bank balance in our hearts. And as soon as that balance gets to a certain point, then we become attracted to Krishna. And when we get to the point of actually being attracted to Krishna, then the detachment from the material energy and all the impediments that Maya puts up to impede us from going forward, uh, they become removed. And only Krishna can do that. Dami, Dadami, Bhuti, Yogam, Tam. He gives the understanding by which one can come to Him. Inamam Upiyantite Hare Krishna. Subhrav says. Jai Maharaj, very useful and relevant references from the Bhagavad Gita fourth chapter. Thank you again. Hare Krishna. And I thank all of you for being with, with us and for sharing your realizations and your appreciations. Don't think it's not that I don't hear them. I do and I relish them and I cherish your appreciation makes me gives me life and gives me strength to go on Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai samabeda bhaktavinda ki jai gor premanandi hari hari bol see you tomorrow night same time same place same topic as we go deeper into the talks with Vidura and Maitreya Hari Krishna see you tomorrow night hari bol